Now, what we have been talking about over the last few months is uh, in leadership, a lot of times when we think about uh, about trying to uh, see what it takes to be a great leader. We look at our resume and we see the experience that we had or the college we went to and, and you begin to build that resume and, and you take the eye test and this person looks like they're a good leader or this individual over here has got all these credentials. But what the studies have shown is that for great leaders, there are things that are intangibles. You don't see them on the, um, uh, you don't see them on a resume. It's those intangibles. It's one who's got will. It's the one with self-efficacy and things that we've talked about. And so today we want to talk about fortitude, okay? Fortitude. Now, uh, it's interesting in the the book that I've read here on Tangible's Leadership, they put a definition. They said it's kind of elusive, but this is a definition that they've come up with. And it's right on the front of uh, of your handout here. And it says, fortitude is strength of character. It refers to the internal resources necessary to tackle challenges and to learn from them. It means doing what's right. It's courage, justice, temperance, and wisdom. It's the ability to endure a trial, face a test, invite a challenge, and come out the other side a better, stronger leader. It's something that internal from you that helps you to overcome whatever obstacle or challenges there are. Now, how many of you have seen the movie Race? Have you seen the movie Race with Jesse Owens? Y'all are terrible. Okay, all right. Here, here is your assignment this week. You're looking for a movie, so you want to go see something. Hey, Risen, good Christian movie to go see. Go see Race. It's a story about Jesse Owens, who was running in the 1936 Olympics there in Germany. And you know all about the story and Hitler and the, the supremacy of the Aryan race. And uh, the story is about Jesse Owens as he went to Ohio State. And he went to Ohio State first, and then he, he uh, became a great star there, and then proceeded to go to the Olympics. Well, at the beginning of the movie, it is him going to Ohio State. And he walks into the office of the track coach, which just for the whole movie, to see the relationship that he has as track coach is just phenomenal. And it's all true. And they've interviewed both of them, and it's really fun to see. But this track coach was a little bit under the gun. He was an Ohio State alum. He was a very famous uh, athlete in his day, but now his track team had not been doing very well over the last few years. And they showed a clip where there was a runner that was running on a sprint, and it looked like he was winning. At the very last minute, he lost, or he came in, you know, second or third. And as the coach walked past him, he said, I thought you had him. Yeah, coach, he said, I thought I had him and just didn't get it. Well, he saw a lot of that. Guys are training, just didn't quite get the win. Well, here comes Jesse Owens. Jesse Owens comes in. He's African-American during that time where most people were just white on the campuses. And he comes in, sits down in the coach's office. And when he sat down, his coach, who's Larry Snyder, said this to him. He says, you're a natural. I don't trust naturals. And I will say, hey, you can run. And boy, oh, boy, you can jump. But what I want to know is, can you win? I've seen a lot of naturals come through here. But can you win? Do you have that intangible? Are you willing to train hard enough to be a winner? Even then, after the training, do you have what it takes to win? Does he have that? When you think about fortitude, you think about toughness and pressing on, but it's even more than that. 
It's sort of elusive, but we're going to give it our best shot to understand what is fortitude that keeps you going over the challenges and the difficulties. So this is it. Look on your, on your outline, and you flip it over. And uh, when you're looking for it, a lot of times you look for it in people. So people who have fortitude have these six qualities. Number one, they constantly seek new challenges to build resilience and avoid complacency. They constantly seek new challenges to build resilience and avoid complacency. So not only are they overcoming some challenges, they're seeking new ones. The author of the book said that um, uh, he was on a debate team in, uh, in school. And what the debate teacher do, would do, he'd pair the students up and give them assignments on, on different debates. And then he would assign one student a topic that he knew the defense of it was untenable. There's no way he could defend it. But the reason he did it was not so much for him to win. The reason was for him was to teach him to stay focused and strong even when the odds were stacked against him. Build this resilience. Take these challenges. Look for ways to uh, overcome these. And you constantly seek after these, okay? So a person with fortitude is one that's constantly looking for challenges doesn't ever want to get complacent. Number two, show conviction in their actions. Show convictions in their actions. A person with fortitude is the person when he makes a decision, he doesn't second guess his decision. He or she, they're not wishy-washy. They're not fence sitters. They know what they believe. They've got conviction. They move forward. You know, Easter's early this year. It's, uh, it's March 27th. And when you think about Easter and you think about uh, Christ uh, going to the cross to die for our sins and then to be raised from the dead three days later, and that's what Easter is. It's a celebration of the resurrection. Well, there's a verse of Scripture found in Luke chapter 9, verse 51. And in Luke 9, 51, it says this, when the, dra- when the days drew near for him to be taken up, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. Some says he was resolute to go to Jerusalem. Now, just look at that for a moment. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, taken up meant the ascension, that there was going to be time when Jesus was going to leave this earth and go back to heaven. He was going to ascend to heaven. But you see, before the ascension could happen, he had to go and he had to be crucified. He had to be beaten. He had to be nailed to a cross. He needed to be suspended between heaven and earth for six hours and die a gruesome, painful death to take the sins of all the world on him. And then he was going to be buried and, 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 and in the tomb for three days. And then, after that, there's the resurrection. And then, after another 40 days, then the ascension to heaven. But there in Luke 9, it says he set his face to Jerusalem. And he knew exactly what was getting ready to happen. He was going to his death, but he was dying for the sins of you, me, and all of us. So it is showing conviction in their actions. All right? Number three, take responsibility and never pass the buck. A person with fortitude, you can, you say, well, who's got fortitude? It's the guy or the girl that takes responsibility and they never pass the buck. Um, and uh, things may go wrong, you take, uh, you take it on yourself. Uh, I love the, what the, the way the guy phrased it in the book. If you have fortitude, you aren't just willing to steer the ship into dangerous waters. You're willing to take responsibility for hitting the occasional iceberg. Now, we know that whenever we take risk as leaders, there are going to be some icebergs that we're going to bump into every so often, okay? But the question is, will you take responsibility or will you pass the buck and say, well, it was actually that guy. If they'd have done a little bit better over here, we'd have never had that problem. The person with fortitude is the one that steps up and says, hey, that's on me. We thought it would work. We thought we'd done our research. There's some things we missed, but hey, we learned from it. 
and hope it won't happen again. That's what fortitude is. You take responsibility, don't pass the buck. Number four, don't wilt in the face of bad news. You don't wilt in the face of bad news. You hear people say, keep a stiff upper lip. They're fighters, they're battlers. You need to understand adversity and leadership go hand in hand. When you reach a certain level of leadership, it's going to carry with it uh, a lot of risk, and it's also going to carry some failures. And when the bad news comes, you don't just wilt up. You don't get in the corner. You don't just give up. You just keep on going. And the people with fortitude are not the ones that everything's always successful for them. Oh, they're so good. No. The people with the greatest fortitudes are the ones that have had setbacks. They've had their knees knocked out from under them. And now all of a sudden they get back up. And they're staying after it. And even when the news comes in, it's bad. They just keep going. They keep going. I love the story Jim Leland uh, told. Jim Leland uh, was a uh, manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates and then uh, managed also the Detroit Tigers. And he got the Pittsburgh Pirates to a World Series. But before he got them there, he had some rough years. He had some rough years. And uh, he said, uh, he said one of the worst years they had. He said, I knew it was, I knew it was going to be a, I knew it was going to be a tough year on there. And he says, uh, because at opening day, while we stood there, they played the national anthem. One of our players leaned over to the other player and says, every time I hear that song, I have a bad game. (laughs) All right. Uh, That doesn't bode well for 162 games of national anthems on there. So um, you just hope maybe you go to Canada and hear old Canada, then you'll be okay. All right. Uh, Number five, number five, stand up for themselves, for others, and for the organization's goals, values, and ideals. A person of fortitude is one that stands up for themselves. They stand up for others. And then for the organization, goals, values, and ideas. It means they go, they go to bat for others. Uh, they understand we're a team, others in the organization. And if someone's going through a tough time, they'll go to bat for you. And they go to bat for the organization. This is what our organization stands for. This is, these are our goals. These are our values. These are our ideals. A person of fortitude is a team player that that embraces the ideals of that organization. And it's not just the things written on paper. They embrace the people in the organization. And so they go to bat for them. You see, every, every organization is not like that. And some of you may be in some of those. To where there's all there's a lot of politics going on and people stabbing each other in the back and uh, and that uh, we had a guy in our um, uh, global impact celebration it was a church planner and he came from a church at one time that he was there for ten years it was a very large church and in his wording he says they were abusive to their staff they were abusive to their staff and what he meant by that is just the way they treated them they said they just treated each other in a very poor fashion well. When a leader has fortitude and you get to lead your organization, with that fortitude, you go to bat for your people in your organization, you go to bat for the the goals, the values, the ideals, and when you do that, you build a strong force. Now, uh, you know, we're not perfect here at Shades Mountain, but I tell you what, we got a great staff, and this is what we believe is just a great church with some great lay leadership. And part of it is, is this is how we operate. And we got each other's back, and, we're, and we believe in the goals and the core values and the mission statement of our church, and so we're going to go that direction. And that adds a tremendous amount of strength to it. And so be that leader of fortitude. You see people like that, you say, okay, there's some fortitude. And number six is this, have leadership stamina. Have leadership stamina. Now, all of you that are leaders, can leadership be exhausting? Yeah. 
It is. It'll wear you out. It will wear you out. I'm barely standing right now. <laughs> we just had, we had a busy, busy week. And then I had a busy Monday and a busy today. But uh, the leadership, stamina, you got to have that. It just wears you out. Because what's going to happen is you got to roll with the punches. You got to keep your footing no matter what kind of obstacles arise. You got to keep your eye on the prize. You just keep moving forward. And the person with fortitude is the one who does that. So when you're looking at organization, I want you to keep all this in mind. This is the intangible qualities of outstanding leaders. And you could have a group of leaders sitting around a table, and some of them are going to come to the surface because they have these qualities. They will be the one that's got that fortitude. They will be the one that has the leadership stamina. They will be the one that when everything kind of comes in is almost bad news, they just keep rolling with the punches. They're the one that doesn't sit around and say, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? They keep their eye on the prize. We're going to keep moving forward, okay? You just keep going after it. Now, when you see those people, you say, that's fortitude. They have got fortitude. Now, it's one thing to see it in others, but it's another thing. Well, how do you get it yourself? I'm so glad you asked that because look, that's the second point. How do you get fortitude? Now, this is interesting what this uh, author said. Number one, he says this, list the things you have overcome. List the things that you have overcome. Let me tell you what he's talking about. You can jot down bullet points about experiences that have struck you as your biggest tests and trials. You explain why and what you had to do to power through that and press on. Have you ever thought, if you sit there, do I have fortitude? How do I get fortitude? Well, let's just stop for a moment and make a list. What are some things that you have had to overcome? What are some things that you have had to power through? You know, some of you said, I had to overcome power lunch. Okay, then you overcame it. I made it through there. Some of you ate, actually ate the spam, and you powered through that, you know. But, you know, you think about what are some things that you just kind of had to power through? And, you know, sometimes we don't think we've got much fortitude. Just stop for a moment and go back through your life and say, okay, what were the things that, that I had to uh, power through? Because I can think back of mine. You know, I was in the, in the business world and I had to work for Dave Matthews. I had to power through that. Uh, but, um, but, but when I was in the ministry, I've been a pastor of two different churches, and they've all got their challenges. And no matter what size of the church or is healthy or unhealthy, there are people that just don't like you. And there are people that question you and they doubt you and they doubt your abilities and they question your call and everything else. They question everything about you. And, and you got to deal with that. That just kind of comes with the territory. It's not whining. It's just part of it. You just put on your big boy britches and you just keep on going. And then what happens is you either outlive them or outlast them. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's some good funerals. <laughs> yeah, I like this one. But... You know, that's, that's kind of a preacher thing. That's a good funeral, yeah. That's a good one. But, uh, and uh, sometimes that's when I kind of put my arm around them and say, you know, God's for this church. You might want to be too, or else you're going to meet him pretty soon. This could be it. All right, so um, there are things that you need to overcome. And, and I list those things, and I talk about, I think about, okay, these are some challenges I had. This is what overcame, this overcame. Um, a marathon. I remember I kind of challenged the church. A guy kind of challenged me to run a marathon, and so, so I did that. And so about nine years ago, I, I ran that, a marathon. And you realize that's something you had to power through. You got 18 weeks of training, 420 miles uh, of training to lead you up to that 26.2-mile uh, race. And, uh, and I've done eight of those now. I've just enjoyed it so much. It's, just, you just, it's something that I looked at, and I said, okay, Danny, physically that was something good that you powered through. Well, then I thought about when I had prostate cancer 
And so when I was uh, diagnosed with uh, uh, prostate cancer and in uh, 2012, I guess, yeah, we're, God, we're at four, is this four years? Wow, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, and um, that is really good. Yeah, you know, once you get five, that's real good. Hey, I'm at four. Okay, so uh, so we had surgery and, and everything and all the PSAs, everything's coming out great and uh, feeling good. But through that surgery, the question is, well, what do you do? You know, what do you do after you've, you've had cancer surgery? And then you go online, it tells you all these horrible things are going to happen to you. So I just made the commitment that I was going to run a marathon within a year of my surgery. And many of you know, if you've been in here in Power Lunch, our surgery was the end of February. I ran a marathon at the end of January uh, in California. And um, it was something that I looked back over and I said, okay, this could have been a stumbling block, but you made it through there. And just having a list of those things, it kind of, it's a good reminder. This is what fortitude is. Every one of you has probably got a list of that. So just let your mind start, start rolling and racing, okay? Think about the things that you have had to overcome and that you've pushed through on there. Number two is this, face your fears. In order to have fortitude, you're going to have to face your fears. There are particular things that intimidate you or unnerve you. And they can serve as roadblocks to keep you from getting to that next level of leadership. Face your fears. So what is it? You know, you know it's oftentimes that God takes our weaknesses and, 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 and shows himself up in those times. That's when God reveals himself. And then you, you go beyond what you ever thought you, would, you could do. What are your fears? You know, think about the fears that you have. And then you face those and say, I don't want this to hold me back. I love that story that Andy Andrews had told it about the, um, uh, the Persian general that uh, whenever he would capture a spy, he did something kind of interesting with them. And that is that when he captured a spy, he would tell them that uh, we're going to give you your sentence. And this is what your sentence is. Your sentence is either you can take the firing squad or look at that big black foreboding door back there. You can either take the firing squad or go through that door. And he says, gives him a little bit of time to think about it. He calls him in, and when he calls him in, his last interview is, what's it going to be, firing squad or the door? may seem like a simple question. There's a lot to that because what he's thinking is, do I want quick death or do I go through that door and be a slow death? So he says, I'll take the firing squad. And the general was there with his aide, and he's back in his office, and he heard the volley of shots go off. And after he heard the volley of shots go off, he looked over to his aide, and this is what he said. Do you see how it is with men? They always prefer the known way to the unknown. It's characteristic of people to be afraid of the undefined, to be afraid of the undefined, yet we gave him his choice. And so the aide said, well, what lies behind the big black door? And the general said this, freedom. And I've only known a few men brave enough to take it. So you discover what is your big black door that you're so scared about. You want to face that and be able to go through that. Does that make sense? All right, face your fears. Number three is this, embrace tough battles. Embrace tough battles. Listen, when there's a sensitive or a big issue to deal with, don't shy away from it. You be the one that takes it on. See what you're made of. Chances you're going to discover you're made of more. you got a deeper fabric in you than you ever realized. The more you force yourself to take these challenges, the more confidence you'll develop in your ability to conquer them. This is how you can develop fortitude over this next month. 
wherever you work, whatever your situation is, if there's a situation that comes up, a project, something that is daunting, you be the one to step up and say, I'll do it. Whoa. See, some of you are scared already. <laughs> going, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, take the firing squad. Hey, listen, think about it. You embrace the tough battles. Embrace them. And when you embrace the tough battles, then all of a sudden you find there's more to you than you realize. And once you've covered one of those battles, oh, you're ready on for the next one. All right. Number four. I love this. Choose a mantra. Choose a mantra. All right. Does anybody know what a mantra is? It's like a slogan. Choose your mantra. What's your mantra going to be? When I was running, when in, in the running a marathon, uh, I, I read all these different books and articles on what you're supposed to do. And I said, you're supposed to have something that you can say in your head or, or that keeps you going. And they had different things that you could say. You know what mine was? Funeral or finish. Funeral or finish. Funeral or finish. That was it. Because people said, how did you make it through there? Finish or funeral. Either way, finish her funeral. That's it. I said, well, was your wife nervous? I said, no. If I didn't show up made hours, you know I was dead on the course somewhere. I said, no problem. You know, finish your funeral. Finish your funeral. I'm going to finish this thing or I'm going to die trying. So then I started thinking about that. And I said, what are the mantras in my life from movies? You know, I'm just a movie lover. And, you know, Rudy. Oh, I mean, you got a Rudy mantra. Rudy mantra is, I've been ready for this all my life. All right, you know what that but Yeah, look at her. She's ready to go. Uh, you know, he's getting ready to run out of the tunnel, and the guy grabs him by the helmet. He says, Rudy, are you ready? He says, I've been ready for this all my life. Oh, I love that. I get that. I'm ready to go fired up. All right, Rocky, num- Rocky two. Oh, easy, easy. One word. Adrian looked at Rocky, and what did she say? When? When? What are we waiting for? And all of a sudden, everything changed in his training because when? That's all you need to hear. How about Rocky three? Rocky three. Oh, we can go through every Rocky. We're here all day if you want that. Hey, Rocky three, uh, Apollo Creed, he looked at Rocky and he says, there's something that you didn't, that you didn't have in your last fight that you had when you fought me. And it was the what? Eye of the tiger. Eye of the tiger. Oh, you can all hear the music right there. Eye of the tiger. That'll get you going. Or how about Hoosiers? I think, did we talk about this last week about the, I can make it? Uh, or last month, Hoosiers? Oh, the Hoosiers movie at the very end of the game, you know, and they're looking to take that last shot, and the coach calls one play, and everybody steps back, and then G.B. Chitwood steps up, and he looks at his coach. He says, what is it, Jimmy? He says, I can make it. Oh, that's all you want. I can make that last shot. I think about that. I can make it. Okay, take it. I can make it. Uh, the Rookie, you remember the movie The Rookie? Uh, well, the guy uh, uh, was, uh, was a high school coach, and he said, hey, if y'all win the championship, I'll go back. And they said, well, hey, won't you try out for the big leagues? He was a minor league player, never played a professional. He's in his mid-30s, and all of a sudden he gets an opportunity to try out, and he makes a minor league team, and he's trying to get to the majors, and he's just all discouraged. And he's all discouraged, getting ready to pack it in. And all of a sudden, he's sitting somewhere eating, and he looks up on the TV, and there's an interview that they filmed with him. And as he heard that interview, he realized how lucky he was and how much fun it was to be a baseball player. And he walked in, into the dugout, into the clubhouse, as they're getting ready to start their next game. And he comes up to one of the stars, and he says, Hey, Jonesy, you know what we get to do today? We get to play baseball. We get to play baseball. I love that mantra because what happens is there's some days that I don't really want to be here, you know. Everybody does that. You're just tired, don't want to be here. And then I just open up and I say, you know what we get to do today? <laughs> we get to play baseball. Or for me, hey, 
I get to have some meetings. Oh, I know. <laughs> hey, I get to share the greatest news in all the world about Jesus Christ and tell that to other people. I said, I love this day. All right. Uh, remember the Titans? Attitude reflects leadership, right? Attitude reflects leadership. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men because the Lord Jesus Christ that you serve. Ephesians 2.10, saying that we are God's masterpiece. We're his workmanship. And because of that, we have been created for good works. Mantras, get you a mantra, mantra. I love mantra better. They say it's pronounced mantra, but I'm going mantra, okay? Uh, so get you something, something that, that just gets you going. And this is number five. The last one is embrace new endeavors. Embrace new endeavors. Do things you've never done before. Reach outside your comfort zone. If you ever do any kind of weight training, people that are lifting weights and everything, it says there's a time where you get, you plateau. You plateau. You're only, you're only able to build as much, that much muscle, and you plateau. So what you have to do is do something different. You either got to do some different kind of weights. You do a little bit higher um, uh, resistance, maybe a little different angles that you're working out, and it's called muscle confusion. And what it does, it begins to shake your muscles up, and actually it helps to make them get stronger and cr- stronger. By you just doing the same thing over and over, you just plateau. So if you want to get fortitude, Embrace new endeavors, okay? Look out there and see what it is that is new that you can be a part of. And if you had to summarize it, the bottom line is this last statement, and that is your leadership destiny will be determined largely by the strength with which you confront challenges. With the strength with which you confront challenges. So I want to encourage you, confront the challenges that are there. And, you know, the greatest challenge that we have is to figure out how do I, a sinful person, get into a right relationship with a holy God who created me? And you know what's so great is that the bridge has already been built for you because when Jesus died on the cross, he took our sins and he paid that penalty for our sins. And when he was raised from the dead, he conquered sin, he conquered death, and, uh, and he says, I'm giving you an opportunity for a grace gift for you to accept this gift. And when you accept this gift, it's like walking over a bridge and coming right into the presence of God. And I cannot think of anything better during this Easter time to be able to say, you know what? I want to do that. I want to make sure I've made that decision. And a lot of you here say, well, Danny, I've already made that decision. Okay, let me tell you about fortitude. And that's when Jesus says, you need to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Just as he put his face towards Jerusalem, man, let's do that. Let's just be people that are willing to take up our cross. And let's just deny ourselves and say, Christ, it's you and you alone, and then follow him and wherever he leads throughout your day, throughout your week, throughout this month, throughout your life. You go that direction, and it'll be incredible. All right? I hope you'll have a great month, a great Easter, and we look forward to seeing you back in April. Thank you all very much.